0: This is the Focus on Eternity podcast, encouraging you to abide in Christ in the midst of a busy life. Thank you for joining me today as we dig into the Word of God. The title of today's message is The Road to a Seared Conscience. Your ability to discern right or wrong is crucial in your Christian life. and God has blessed you with His Word and His Spirit to help you do just that. But what happens when your conscience becomes so corrupt that it's no longer reliable? Find out today. Okay, last week we focused our attention in First John chapter three, and we read verses nineteen through twenty-one. So let's uh, let's refresh our memories. In verse nineteen, it says, "And by this we know that we are of the truth, and shall assure our hearts before Him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things." Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. Now, it is imperative that you have confidence in your relationship toward God. So here's a couple questions for you. Do you have assurance that your sins are forgiven and that you're washed in the blood of the Lamb? Does your spirit bear witness with His spirit that you're a child of God? Or how about this? Does your life produce the fruits of righteousness which prove your spiritual transformation? You see, I can't answer those questions for you. However, it is my responsibility to bring them to bear upon your mind. Now, when you consider these questions, John says your heart will either condemn you or not. And I explained that the word heart basically means your conscience. Your moral compass, working alongside God's truth and His Spirit, will either joyfully confirm that you are walking in the light, or will shamefully convict that you're disobeying God's word. Now, to have an active conscience is a wonderful blessing from the Lord. It's designed to keep you on the narrow path which leads to life even if it has to convict you at times. It's your warning system that reveals those tempting threats that may cause you to sin. It's your beacon of light that shines into the darkest corners of your heart to expose the sin that needs to be repented of. And when you deal with your guilty conscience through confession, repentance, and faith in Christ, then God will forgive cleanse, and empower you to walk with confidence, and He will fill your soul with peace. And if you've experienced it, nothing quite compares to the feeling of of having a clean conscience and a pure heart. And that's why we must thank God for this precious gift, but also cultivate it in our daily lives. Now, next week, we're going to continue this chapter in 1 John And we're going to discuss the blessings that accompany such a blessed assurance. But today, I want to focus on an important topic that I brought to your attention last week. And that is the danger of a seared conscience. Now, I read it from 1 Timothy 4, verses 1 through 2. And it says, Now the Spirit expressly says, That in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Now, here Paul is exposing false teachers, similar to the way that John has been doing in his letter. Now, the only way that these teachers are able to promote a false gospel or demonic doctrines is because their conscience has been seared. They can speak lies and hypocrisy because their moral compass has been destroyed. And although they know the truth, they have been desensitized to sin and to conviction. They walk in the darkness with a false sense of confidence toward God. And a more terrifying reality is that these false teachers produce false converts. For every person who tells a lie, there's someone there to believe it. And in 1 Peter 2.19 it says, While they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage I mean have you ever wondered or maybe you've been in a situation or you've known someone and you really wonder how someone who professes to be a Christian can live in habitual sin or do something so blatantly ungodly and it doesn't seem to bother them. Again it's not so much that they that they sinned or made a mistake it's that they don't care. There's no remorse. There's no repentance. There's no obedience to God's word. Frankly, it's usually replaced with arrogance and pride. But for me, you know, the big question is, how does someone's conscience become so distorted and numb? So what we're going to do is we're going to look at the process in hopes that we can reveal this problem first in our own lives to check and make sure it's not there, but then also to prevent it from ever becoming an issue. So our GPS on this excursion is gonna be Romans 1, 18 through 32. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna kind of take this in in steps. We're gonna we're calling this the road to a seared conscience. So uh, we're gonna break this down in a few different steps. And what's great is that as we read down through these verses, you will see the progression unfold. So, the first step is known truth. Step number one is known truth. And we're going to find that in Romans 1, 18-20. So, Romans 1:18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Yes, I said the wrath of God. God's wrath, His anger, His displeasure, His judgment. Psalm 711 says God is a just judge and God is angry with the wicked every day. Many people forget to consider the goodness and the severity of God. And as you read this, you notice that God deems unrighteous those who suppress the truth. And to suppress the truth, it means to resist your conscience, it means to go against what you know to be right in the eyes of God. Now, to continue on in verses 19 through 20, it says, God's existence can be clearly seen and understood in the natural world. We also know that God has written a measure of truth on each one of your hearts so that you may know that He exists and how He expects you to live. Therefore, no one has an excuse for not obeying God. You see, your disobedience is a result of your rebellion And you are accountable to God. But I also want you to remember that he's not a vengeful God who wants to punish disobedience. He's a loving and just God who has to. So if step number one was known truth, step number two is reject known truth. And we'll find this in verses 21 through 23. So Romans 1 verse 21 says, Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. So it says, although they knew God, they rejected him. And they refuse to walk in the light of their conscience. And see, what happens is every time you ignore your conscience, it becomes a little darker. It gets a little less apparent. Now going on into verses 22 and 23, it says, "...professing to be wise, they became fools." And change the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and birds, and four footed animals, and creeping things. See, what happens is, in order to quiet your conscience, you have to rationalize and justify your actions. A proud heart will always consider itself to be wise when it can find a way to twist the truth and tickle the ears. But the truth is, only a fool would strive to convince himself into a false sense of confidence toward God. It's like jumping out of an airplane with an umbrella and convincing yourself that it's going to bring you safely and gently to the ground. You see, some people even do good deeds to try to relieve that sense of guilt. You know, attending church is one of the easiest ways to appease your conscience. Well, I've done my good deed for the week. At least I go to church. I'm not like those people that don't go to church. All those thoughts that run through your mind. But you know something? You may be willing to give God an hour of your time, but have you given Him your heart? So step number one was known truth. Step number two was to reject known truth. And then step number three is to exchange the truth. And we're going to find that in Romans 1, 24 through 27. And this says, this is verses 24 through 25 say, Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. What really stands out to me in this is it's right at the beginning where it says, therefore, because they rejected the truth, it says that God gave them up. God gave them up he let them go what this means is that if you resist god and you resist his truth he will resist you and then what happened was then they then they exchanged the truth for the lie instead of submitting to the authority of god and worshiping him as the loving father that he is they resist him not so subtly saying that i am the god of my own life and Myself only will I worship and serve. And you see, that rebellious mindset leads to all sorts of sinful behavior. So Romans 1, 26-27 says, For this reason God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust for one another. Men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. See, God watches people. God watches as people not only step away from what is morally right, but step into what he considers wicked. And you see, that is the exchange of truth. It's stepping out of and away from what is right, but then stepping into what is wicked. And when he uses the term vile passions, vile passions are morally corrupt or sexually impure actions. And here he is giving clear reference to homosexuality. And what's crazy is how prevalent it is in our day. And it is increasing dramatically not only in the world, but within the church. And what the world is calling progressive, God calls wicked. And those who engage in such acts will be judged by Him. So, coming out of step number three, we've exchanged the truth for the lie. And now, step number four, is to then receive a seared conscience. And that's found in Romans 1, 28 through 32. So here's verse 28, which says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. There he says it again, God gave them over. God gave them over to a debased mind. That term debased, um, I think other translations say reprobate. It means failing to pass the test. It means to be rejected because it is worthless. So a debased mind or conscience is one that is so corrupt, so undiscerning and desensitized that it is absolutely useless. And what God gave to bless you and to guide you has been mistreated, and it is now worthless. You have smashed the GPS, you have thrown it out the window, and you've decided to navigate the course of life on your own. And you know what happens? God will watch you drive away. Though it grieves Him, He will never violate your free will to reject Him the same way that we have free will to worship him. Now verses 29 through 32. We're going to actually go to 31 first. It says, Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, Evil mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, and unmerciful. That's quite a list, huh? And as I said before, this course these steps, it opens up an unlimited amount of ungodliness and sin into your life. And see, if you persist on being your own navigator, eventually you will drive off a cliff, and the ride of life will be over. However, the journey within eternity will just begin, where Jesus said there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now Romans 1:32 says who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death not only do the same but also approve of those who practice them you Now this verse makes me think I mean imagine the regret of those who are in hell and they knew the truth they knew God would judge them yet they ignored it all. And now, having received the justice due to them, they will spend eternity wishing that they would have heeded the warnings of God and received His redeeming love through Jesus Christ. See, I I remember when I first understood the danger of being deceived or obtaining a seared conscience. Um, It made me really uneasy. I was honestly afraid that it was going to happen to me. So this message is not intended to make you paranoid. Just aware. Because if you desire God, and you're willing to let Him lead you by His word and by His spirit, He will not let you become deceived. See, those with a seared conscience, they willingly resisted the truth and refused to walk in the light of their conscience. You choose the path, but you also choose the destination. That's why we are called to trust and obey. So with all that being said, well, well now what? What do we do? So I'm going to speak to two different types of people. The first is going to be to those who have a seared conscience. I mean, be honest with yourself. If you veered off of God's path, it's time to get back on it. God's love, His grace, and His mercy is still available to you. Confess and repent of your sins, and our Lord will gladly pardon and restore your peace and joy in Him. You know, I've seen many people pass from death to life who were probably even further gone than you are, there's still hope. I also want to speak to those who have a clean conscience. If you have a clean conscience, stay on the path, and take heed, lest you stumble. And my prayer for you today is found in Jude 16, which says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy. Keep your eyes fixed on the Lord. I really appreciate you joining me today. Please tune in next time as we discuss the promises that are available to those who abide in Christ with a clean conscience. God bless you.